Hey friends, welcome to the Apologetic Fun in 10 podcast. My name is Alex Davis and I am really excited that you've decided to join me. I am currently pursuing my master's in Christian apologetics at Oklahoma Baptist University and it is through this podcast that we discern what the truth of the gospel is through looking and discussing through some false teachings in our world and church today. Go ahead, join me so that we can defend the gospel together. Okie dokies. Well, today we're going to be talking about the false perception of women as a helper. So this is a sensitive topic, my guys and girls, and it has so seemed, especially in this feministic movement, that this view and this perspective and this statement in scripture can be very, nah, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm saying, guys. It's just tricky. And when it comes to women's role in society, I mean, we can do some pretty rad stuff, you know? And I'm all for that. There's also a place and a space for a woman to lead. And there's a place and a space for a woman to not lead. I will say that, and I firmly believe that. Why do I say that, and why do I believe that? Well, I believe that because of what Scripture says. So that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today, especially when it comes to this perception as women, as a helper. And the only way for us to fully comprehend this is if we look back in the very beginning of creation. So God had created Adam and he recognized and he says in Genesis 2, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. Genesis 2, 18. So he makes man and he recognizes it is not good if man is alone. But yet he had seen that all his creation was good, but yet it was not good that man be alone. What do we do here? We recognize that therefore it is good that women, woman, was created. This is good. And guess what else? This word, helper, is translated to the word azar or azar. I don't know how to pronounce it. God created woman as an azar. This occurs 21 times in the Old Testament, this specific word. Specifically, two of the cases are referring to Eve, you know, the first woman in creation in Genesis 2. But three times it refers to the nations of Israel calling out for help when they are besieged. Get that. And then the 16 remaining times, this word is referring to God as our help. Rather, guys, it is God who is the one who comes alongside us when we are helpless. This is the true meaning of Azar. 
So whenever we look at this word, we can recognize that this is actually an image of God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. So this offense and this offensiveness that we have as singles, specifically singles right now, walking into seasons of being in relationship with one another and hoping for that beautiful idea of marriage that is not promised to any of us. We need to come to a better recognition of what this means. Truly, it says in John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. John 15, 26, that's Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit will come. He is the helper that will be coming. And I promise you, he will come. We see in Acts 2 that he comes. And then it says in John 15, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from my father. So it's helper, advocate. Guys, do you see the connection here? It is a depiction and an image of the Holy Trinity within a marriage as they become one together, united. So it has nothing to do with just one individual. It has something to do with both individuals. If we are given the gift of marriage, this becomes an image of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God. The Holy Spirit helps the believer to stay on track with what God's overarching plans are. Therefore, why should we be offended by what the truth of the gospel says? I want to read a couple of quotes to you. One is from, or both of them are actually from John Mark Comer from his book, Loveology. So helper is not an employee, someone who works for you, someone who is to boss you around. A helper is an equal. Genesis uses the adjective suitable, meaning on the same level. It's someone you love and respect. And it's one who comes alongside as a partner in a project, as in an ally, ally, not ally, ally in war. We all need that kind of helper. And then he goes on to talk about Ezer, or however you pronounce it. The word helper is Ezer in Hebrew. It sounds derogatory in English, like God made Adam a personal assistant. But it's not that way at all in the original language. Ezer can be translated to partner, one who comes alongside to help achieve a goal. Do you not see here, guys? Seriously. We are being offended because we want a specific image. The beginning of creation, when the fall happened, we found this offense. There's a burden and a terror and this blockade between relationship with man and woman, man and man man in the ground and man in God. There is this rebellion and this fight, this constant battle between war and mind and body and flesh. Therefore, the woman will want to overtake her husband. And the woman is 
to be a helper, yes, and to submit to her husband, yes. And does that mean she has no opinions? No. Does that mean that what she says doesn't matter? No. No. We are to be a helper and to love fervently through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit and how the Lord has given us talents too. Not all talents are spiritual gifts, but we can still serve others through our talents too. Now, that does not always mean that the woman has to be the, the bake baker or the cook. The husband can do that too. Being a helper doesn't mean you have to fulfill specific roles in the household. Build up yourselves in the word. Build up yourselves in the spirit. Build up yourselves now to ready yourself for the mission and the call that God has on your life right now. So when we go out into this world, guys, and we see people hurt and just confused by what it means to be seen as a helper in a relationship between man and woman, we can stand firm and point them to that it is a depiction of the Holy Spirit, God and Jesus Christ, as one in the Trinity. We get to be disciples for Christ when we are portraying an image of Christ to the world. I've been reading through Acts and seeing the dissension, ascension, sorry, ascension of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 and how the fire was once guiding the Israelites by night and day. And they had the cloud and then the fire by night. And then in the temple, there was a, pil a pillar of fire to show the presence of the Lord in both situations. And then at the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit ascended. And there was fire, the flaming tongues above each individual. The presence of God is within us. That being said... We are just going to go to the ends of the world and share the gospel. This is an exciting feat that you and I both get to do as we walk in the fullness of the truth of the gospel. We get to defend it. Apologetics is fun, guys. And I got really passionate today, but I really hope that you could dig into some of the resources that I have listed in the info. And just if you feel led, please support this podcast. I would really also love to hear some topics that you would love for me to talk on. You know, singleness is a pretty passionate topic of mine. And so we are going full throttle. Love you guys. See you next week.